0: There is a legend in the underworld, for those in the know, it's called a money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane, all craving action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator? Money plane. Untouchable by any government because the flight always takes place. international airspace word is they have over a billion in crypto on board and millions in cash i want you and your crew to take down the house hey everybody i'm joel murphy and i'm andy mcintyre and this is silver linings playback the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining And we are starting
1: a new month, so that means we have a new theme. And this time, we're doing heist movies, baby.
0: Yeah, we're doing heist. Or, as they're sometimes called, caper movies. Or crime films. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like caper, you don't really use caper anymore, obviously. I think the reason for that is probably because caper films peaked with The Great Muppet caper. And That's true. At that point, they were like, "Well, I don't want to be compared to that."
1: Like, how are we going to make a better caper film?
0: Yeah, than the Great Muppet Caper. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, no, it's, uh, man, it's it's crazy how words fall out of usage because of the Muppets. I mean, I can think of a hundred examples. You know, no one says manamana anymore. Yeah, also it became yada yada.
0: Nobody takes Manhattan anymore.
1: No, well. Jason took Manhattan afterwards, but that didn't work out so well. So, well, one look other what happened? To take I mean, Manhattan.
0: I think it's a good example and a reminder to everybody. But th- that even uh, throwback to last month, but an unstoppable killing machine like Jason, he might have taken Manhattan, but uh, we did one of his sh- movies on this show. You, we'll never do a Muppet movie. You kidding me? No, there's no Muppet movie we could even approach doing. So yeah, yeah, 100%. they're all universally beloved as they yeah. should be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to meet the person that doesn't like the Muppets. I'm just going to put that out there.
0: No, I, God. I don't want to know that person. No, that's a dark, dark soul.
1: Like, who hurt that person? Like, who, who damaged them so much that they can't even find joy in the Muppets?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Even, like, the Muppets that don't find joy in the Muppets, which are obviously Statler and Waldorf, are still delightful.
1: Oh, yeah, they're, I mean... So, del- I mean, they find joy in their own way. They, they hate the Muppets. Yeah. And there's a bit of self-loathing, but they're also they they're self-loving in that self-loathing.
0: And also, I mean, they're a gay couple that goes to the theater every weekend together who clearly love each other. And it's beautiful.
1: It's a, it's a beautiful. And I, I feel bad that they're from a time where they still had to, you know, live closeted lives uh, with wives and everything when clearly they were the match and they were the ones that love each other. So maybe they have a nice relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Everybody always speculates about Bert and Ernie, but it was actually Statler and Waldorf. I don't think those are mutually exclusive premises. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Because, well, as we all know, Statler and Waldorf are actually Bert and Ernie from the future in a looper situation. Who have come back to murder Bert and Ernie to close the loop, but then they fell in love. (laughs) With with... the theater and (laughs) with each other. And then finally got to be their true selves oh Man. my god we need to make this movie oh my god i know it's become just assumed at this point that we're gonna pitch something brilliant but that my friend that was beautiful
1: that's the best we've ever done oh my god we did it in under five minutes and we haven't even mentioned the title of the movie that we're talking about yet Yeah, we
0: already hit the perfect movie pitch i think we're doing the wrong show i think that's what we realized is yeah. that like the real silver lining is the movies we made up along the way
1: <laughs> yeah. But we never get to those pitches if we didn't talk about malign movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That need to be, uh, need to be, find the silver linings of. Um, and this week, like I said, we're kicking off Heist Week. Uh, we spent some time rounding up a ragtag bunch of loner criminals and uh, coming up with an elaborate scheme and maybe some betrayals along the way, uh, all to get to this movie, Money Plane.
0: Money Plane i i'll just say this is not necessarily a silver lining but always a fan of a movie where the title is the pitch always a great move because i know what money plane is and in fact you and i uh i'm pretty sure picked to this movie because it's called money plane
1: yeah no 100 percent. i mean right up there with the muppets take manhattan <laughs> Like, I, I'm sure that someone would, whoever, you know, when Jim Henson pitched that to uh, the studios that were making, he's like, Muppets Take Manhattan. They're like, is that the whole script? Because perfect. It's ready to print.
0: <laughs> I want to believe, I don't know if you've heard this story, possibly uh, not true. It might be an urban legend, but the, I've always heard the story that uh, apparently when James Cameron went to pitch the sequel for Alien, he had like a chalkboard or a whiteboard and he wrote Alien. And then he went to write an S at the end of it and then made that S into a dollar sign for aliens and was just like, (laughs) that's the pitch. We're going to make a bunch of money. And so I want to believe that that's also (laughs) what Jim Henson did (laughs) with Muppets Take Manhattan. When he wrote the S on Muppets, it was just a dollar sign. And he was like, they take Manhattan. I don't know what else we would need to talk about. That makes me hope that the pitch for this movie
1: was... uh Andrew Lawrence walking into the the producers meeting with a bag of money and a toy plane, mm-hmm. and you just set him on the table, said nothing else.
0: Yeah. All right. So let. Well, hold on. So before we get into this movie, though, uh, which is already a lot of our work was done because I, Kelsey Grammer, consummate professional that he is, pretty much set everything up that we need to set up. So yeah. I mean, uh, he told the he told everything the plot's going to be. Uh, but I think since we're doing, since this whole month is going to be heist films and or caper films, uh, that maybe it uh, might be just to start to make sure we're all on the same page uh, because also I have it on good authority that we might we might veer a little bit. We might play fast and loose uh, in subsequent weeks with uh, how we're defining. But I think we should look at like what what to you, Andy McIntyre makes a film a heist film well i think first and foremost they gotta steal something i mean sure you know it sounds maybe silly to say it but like say it because that's you you can't have a heist film without a thing to steal for sure so
1: there's got to be it's usually monetary in nature every now and then it's an item Mm -hmm. yeah but it's, it's i think most of the time it's money sometimes it's a person Maybe yeah. a kidnapping, a different sort of heist.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean this this movie gets like it's the most modern, uh, I believe, of all the films we're going to do this month. In that, like, you got cryptocurrency in there, which is more of an idea than an actual tangible thing, and certainly a thing I don't understand in any way. But uh, you're not up on the blockchain. No, I'm not. Uh, But if you guys want to send me, uh, you know, some or whatever, I'll I'll take it and then explain to me how I cash it in and I'll immediately cash it in and do what I do with all money, stick it under my mattress.
1: It's the safest place for it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's one thing I know is that Franklin Delano Roosevelt is a hack and he encouraged you to not put it in your mattress and put it in a bank. So put it in your mattress. That's
0: why I do it. I do it despite him.
1: I mean... yeah I can't think of another i mean I've lived my whole life despite Franklin Delano Roosevelt
0: <laughs> and you've done a great job of it i really I'm
1: doing okay I mean yeah i you know I got a house I got a a lovely wife you know i'm i'm I can't complain I got a Honda Civic mm-hmm. you know i'm'm I'm, I'm winning as far as I'm concerned
0: and you stuff that Honda Civic under your mattress you I did yeah,
1: I did and you know no back pain
0: yeah <laughs> that's
1: really great. Okay, so we so we have to steal something.
0: Yep. What else makes up? What else Joel Murphy? Well, it can't just be movie? one person stealing something. It can't can't just be a cat burglar. It can't just be a random uh, thief. You got to have a team, baby. You got to have a team. Got to yeah. have a squad. Yeah, for sure. You got to be like AOC and have a squad. I'm not trying to get political, but I'm just saying if she ever wanted to do a heist, she already has step two down.
1: She got the squad. She just got to find that thing to steal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, man, wish I didn't bring up politics this week, but that's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, I know we're all trying to forget. Look, you know. Enjoy it
1: while it lasts. Listen to this podcast, have some joy, and then that's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So you got to have a thing to steal. Got to have a Mm -hmm. crew to steal it with. Mm Got to have a plan to steal that thing.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you're not just going to wander in there start shooting. You got to think it out. Got to have a plan. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would say there's got to be some wrinkles. I feel like that's got to be
1: some some unexpected,
0: unforeseen
1: or maybe unforeseen, because maybe it's all a double blind played by the filmmakers so that you think something went wrong, but it actually went right all along.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, and perhaps a more modern uh, thing with heist films is that oftentimes we the audience uh are you know due to some dramatic irony like we think things have not worked out but in fact the not working out part that was that was part of the plan they're tricking the viewers yep the ultimate mark yeah uh, our minds were heisted
1: so i mean i think that's you know i think there's some other optional things there could be a double cross
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah I think a double, a double cross could happen. Yeah, I w- I would say for sure there's there's wrinkles there you know, I mean there's like, you know, there's different uh you know, you gotta add your own stamp to it. No no two heist films are exactly the same. But I think that those are probably the core elements. You gotta have something to steal, you gotta have a team to steal it. They need an elaborate plan to steal that thing, and then there's gotta be some wrinkles thrown into that plan. I think that's a good that's a good base.
1: Um a, a frequent other trope in heist movies, uh, as we saw with Gone in 60 Seconds, is uh, that the leader of the crew is getting pulled back in to do one last job.
0: hmm. Yeah. And then he's out. Yeah. He, he he either. Yeah. There's usually two variations of that. Either he's already out and he gets brought back in uh, or uh, he is looking to get out you know he he but
1: this is the job that he's going to get out with yeah
0: he's been carefully planning for a long time to get out um so yeah so those are usually uh the wrinkles do you actually know i looked this up um do you know the the movie and i i got to be honest i'm not really familiar with this movie but widely credited as sort of like the earliest like Proto, you know, there were other heist films that you could argue about which one came first, but the one that sort of agreed that was the most influential, uh that sort of set a lot of these tropes in place that we're talking about, uh was a 1950 mo- movie called The Asphalt Jungle.
1: I've never heard of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was directed by John Huston. Uh, it Ooh, was actually great uh, director. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's also one of Marilyn Monroe's earliest. Uh, film appearances, but yeah. So, uh, the plot of that movie is that there's, uh, a criminal mastermind who's been released from prison after seven years. Uh, he hooks up with a bookie, uh, who arranges a meeting, uh, and they basically plan to steal jewelry worth half a million dollars, but he needs three men, a safe cracker, a driver and a hooligan to help him pull off the caper uh and so like that's that's sort of the deal he has to put together a team so it has all of those elements uh together what's interesting uh the last thing I'll say about that movie cuz that's not what this show is about uh is that back then the like sort of film code you know what they had in place for movie ratings actually dictated that they couldn't succeed with the heist they actually because they were criminals they, it was viewed as like you know you know Im, impolite or improper uh to have the criminals win so they actually did not succeed with the heist and that used to be the case uh, until they sort of revamped uh, movie ratings and uh we we all got more chill with uh, with, with anti-heroes crime. and crime you know but uh so now obviously most uh heist films tend to end with, uh, the the people uh, the team winning, but back then they they did not. So, hmm. I think you know I think that's great. Um, so we saw
1: all of the the plot beats that are set out in a typical heist movie. And man, if Money Plane didn't tick all those boxes,
0: well, yeah, I think that's a good. I mean, that's kind of why. We're hitting all these buttons, right? So now Now we can go, um, you know, so what is that? Uh, 70 years later? 69 years later? Did that come out this year or last year? came out July of this year. Yeah. I mean, time is meaningless now. But oh, time doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but 70 years later, here comes money playing to, you know, first of all, you start with an asphalt jungle. How do you get further away from that? You get on a plane uh, that's over international waters. You couldn't be more far removed. But- no. Uh, but yeah, your money plane is ticking all those boxes. We, we have our guy who's looking to get out, uh, played by, uh, edge, Adam Copeland playing Jack Reese, you know, he's former multi-time WWE champion, Adam edge Copeland. Yep. Uh, so he's, he puts his team together, you know, to, yeah, to, to rob a money plane.
1: Yep. Because he is, uh. He's sort of tasked with this by a criminal underworld mastermind, the, the Rumble.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think, again, if we're clear on one thing, certainly you and I could sit here and try to describe who Kelsey Grammer plays in this movie. But who better than Kelsey Grammer to explain who he is in the movie? David Hyde Pierce? That's, you know i mean you're not wrong (laughs) all right but uh but yeah so here's here's the man in his own words i'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet i am darius grouch the third the rumble and i am taking down the money plane now bring me my money yeah he's darius grouch the third aka the rumble uh, the only thing
1: that leaves out is that he has a middle name that's stated in another point when he talks about himself. It is Darius Emmanuel Grouch Third, Yeah. A.K.A. The Rumble.
0: Which, I mean, let's address the elephant in the room. Why is his nickname The Rumble when his last name is Grouch? I mean, we spent a lot of time on this show. Uh, <laughs> fortuitously, I did not plan it. It's just how it worked out. Uh, talking about the Muppets. And here we are. With a man whose last name is Grouch. And his nickname is not Oscar. It's not Trash Can. It's not... It's not The Grouch. It's not The Grouch. It's not Sesame Street. It's The Rumble. Which makes no sense. (laughs) No. None. And this movie, not interested in explaining it for you. You're left to wonder why he's The Rumble. So,
1: yeah. So... The one thing this movie does or doesn't do, I should say, is um, that uh, Jack Reese, a.k.a. Edge, a.k.a. Adam Copeland. uh, There's no getting the band together scene because the band's already together. He has his crew. He has, you know, the tech guy. He has uh, the hot chick and he has the black guy. All three things you need to have (laughs) a heist team.
0: Yeah. I mean, that. those are the elements, right? You know, who needs... I, I'm very curious, by the way, about a hooligan. <laughs> like, what exactly a hooligan's job was in Asphalt Jungle, but... I'm guessing it's to get mad about a soccer match? Yeah. I Yeah. I don't know if the diamonds were part of uh, some sort of... Like, the winner of a soccer contest got these diamonds, and so his job was to throw rocks at the opposing team or something. Uh, but I can only assume. Uh, yeah. So... We open this film with the yeah the band is already together. Uh, they're doing a job for the Rumble. Uh, Trying to, to steal a piece of art. To steal a piece of art from, um, a uh, like a U-Haul storage locker, I guess. I don't really like. I'm I'm. Well, I don't want to pick on this movie too much. <laughs> financially, <laughs> that's sure as
1: hell what it looks like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean the movie has a low budget. I don't want to dunk on it for that, but it's it's for sure. I think it's supposed to be an art gallery, but it's it's a a room like in a back hallway with like one painting, right? But the painting has already been stolen uh, when they get there. So they were set up. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. It's both like. Heavy handed on the narrative when he sits down with Kelsey Grammer, but also uh, very confusing as to like. It's their relationship doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of uh, they clearly can't trust Darius Grouch, you know, he but also... They're working with him on multiple jobs without really doing much. And that's I mean, it's probably jumping ahead, but it's pretty easy to piece together that he's actually the one who sabotaged them on the opening job because like he basically used his company to do so like he didn't he wasn't really trying to hide it. Right. It took he has the painting. Yeah. It took like a five minute Google search to figure out. That, like, you know, like a Wikipedia search of him to to piece together that he was behind the theft.
1: Uh, so that that's when he gets told, when Adam Copeland gets told that he needs to steal the money plane.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's hesitant. He doesn't want to, but he knows that he needs to. Uh, so, yeah. So the, the pitch is, so there's a plane flying over international waters. We're just going to have to accept that. Like, I... <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah, very less yeah The less try to unpack
1: that the better
0: yeah so uh sort of using the, the like the boat thing of if a boat travels to international waters uh they're they're implying that a plane has the same rules uh so that all these people these criminals uh they get on the plane and then they gamble on things um the things that they're gambling on don't seem to be happening on the plane which uh makes it the legalness of it all the murkier but the you know right well maybe
1: it's yeah
0: so they're clearly committing crimes by
1: having these people do these things that the people are betting on on at ground level but then the betting is happening in international airspace again the less tried to unpack this the less trying to figure out the logic of money plane you don't you don't solve money plane
0: yeah it solves you
1: yeah (laughs) um so one of the first one of the many gaps in logic in this movie is just how easy a time they have of getting the whole crew except for the tech guy who stays down on the ground to download the crypto um they get on that plane real easy
0: yeah well it's it's just the grouch is able to arrange Uh, He uses a real person, um, you know, who's like a a trafficker, like a human trafficker. Like he uses uh, a real person's identity and just has Adam Copeland pretend to be that guy. Uh, It's also just sort of left vague how uh, the female member of the crew, who is Isabella? Isabella. Uh, She's just able to... Uh, get
1: hired as a flight
0: attendant. Get a t- hired as a flight attendant on the on the money plane easily. Uh, uh, played by
1: Katrina Norman. Give yeah, people credit where it's due.
0: Yes. Yeah, Katrina Norman. Uh, who like I you know I I'm just I don't I just want to say that there is a scene where she walks through a metal detector. And it is revealed that she is hiding a gun um, in a sensitive location, I guess you would say. I
1: think it's kind of revealed she does have a a thigh holster, but it definitely seems like she's uh, removing that gun from a very sensitive area.
0: Yeah. An area you probably wouldn't want a firearm to be near. Yeah. And I I just, the film wanted us to know it so i want you to know it i it's just it's the way that she gets on the plane so uh but she has a gun it's also not clear why she has firearms it does like it's i guess maybe just for street cred (laughs) like it just it almost has that feeling of like well if i went through the metal detector and i didn't have any guns on me they'd think i was a cop you know or something like right or
1: yeah, that this new flight attendant, first time on the plane, tries to sneak a gun on board, and everyone's like, nope, just put it in the thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, hey, she's look. like,
1: oh, don't mind if I do.
0: You know, I didn't know a lot of stuff first day either. I mean, they didn't tell me where the break room was. I didn't know it's the true. policy on hiding firearms on your thigh. Like, it's just, you know, they don't tell you these things. HR needs to step it up. Money plane HR. Had,
1: no one pays attention to that training video. They probably
0: went over it, in all honesty, and you
1: just, you're like doodling or playing on your phone or whatever.
0: Which also, I mean, that's, again, I feel like we keep teasing this and then insisting that we don't go down these avenues, but like, fascinating to imagine, I mean, it's a plane with a flight crew and pilots, pilots have to get licenses, you know, like, I th- this is a business like someone's running a money plane business. Do they do other flights? Like, is it just is it just like, you know, like an airline? Like, is are they just legit a commercial airline that just has one plane? That's the money plane. Yes. Is, is Delta have one money plane and then everything else is just late? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. Um, we had to, we bumped you off of that flight, but we can get you to Dallas on a, on a red eye money plane flight fight. <laughs> like... <laughs>
1: God, I want to watch that movie. Just some guy just
0: randomly gets booked on the money plane. (laughs) Because they oversold his his flight back home. It's just planes, trains, and automobiles, but with the it's money planes, trains and automobiles.
1: Money planes, money trains, and money automobiles. There
0: you go. Perfect.
1: Uh, It's also important to note this is not a sequel to Money Train.
0: No, it's it's not. It's completely unrelated. unrelated. It's not even in the same cinematic universe as Money Train. As far as we know. Yeah. It is Um, in the same cinematic universe as money automobiles, though.
1: Yes, definitely in the same, in my opinion, far superior money automobiles
0: Yeah, where they just drive on international roads and and they have to shout their bets back and forth to the car and the lane next to them. Yeah, it's a great movie. If you've never seen it, (laughs) some Um, of Rowan Atkinson's finest work. (laughs) He is great as the rumble.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways, let's get back to the movie. Um, so, uh, Edge and uh, his his other sidekick are are there on the plane, uh, and it starts innocently enough with a nice game of Texas Hold'em, fairly high stakes Texas Hold'em, but Texas
0: Hold'em nonetheless. But yeah, also a game that can be played uh, in America legally at a
1: house. Yeah. <laughs> um. But they play Texas Hold'em. Uh, there's also... Oh, we should point out that Joey Lawrence plays the concierge. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> money plane, whoa. Uh, and then Andrew Lawrence plays one of the other uh, passengers on the money plane, known only as the Texan.
0: hmm And uh, he's great, man. He really is. Yeah, I mean, look, this movie is chock full of Lawrence boys uh but he he is I think the standout uh he understands the character of the Texan who who is introduced at this point uh because he's a Texan he loves gambling obviously
1: um yeah Andrew Lawrence the director and writer not above a little bit of the nepotism casting both of his older bros in the movie Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you know
0: why why direct films if not to give parts to your family members
1: yeah I mean I know should I ever make a film, Kevin and Mark McIntyre are gonna get cast immediately. <laughs> Neither of them are actors, but yeah. they're gonna get cast immediately.
0: I don't like my family, so they won't be in it, but that's a different That's fine.
1: Yeah. That's fair. But if your brothers um, want to be
0: in my movie, they can.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they'll do it. You yeah. know, I'm sure I'm sure they'd be down to do it. Uh so the second game, here's where the stakes get
0: raised a little bit. Yeah, so it's it takes a oh a, a quick Huge right turn. Leap. Huge leap. We start with Texas Hold'em, so you're like, okay, I mean, you know, sure, money plane. I guess we're getting warmed up. And then where do they go? number two, Russian Roulette. (laughs) Russian Roulette, which hilariously, the film makes a point to tell us that the Texan has never lost Russian Roulette.
1: I mean, I'm not not giving notes on the script or anything, (laughs) but... I think it would
0: have been a lot funnier if he's like,
1: "I'm eight and one," going to <laughs> a scar underneath his jaw.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's way funnier the idea that someone could be not undefeated at Russian <laughs> roulette and be telling you that.
1: Um, so also, uh, Edge is not playing this game. He's decided that his his uh, assistant is going to be taking the place of him for the game of Russian roulette.
0: Yeah. There's um, a whole, again, avenues that perhaps are best left, not traveled down. There is the fact that edge assumes the identity of the guy who's going to be gambling, but only bets in like one thing. And then it's like, oh, okay. I'm out. Cause I'm going to go rob the money plane. Now a guy who's part of my crew, who's uh, uh, Trey Peterson played by Patrick Lamont jr. Uh, he is going to fill in for me as the person gambling for me, which raises the question of why that guy couldn't have assumed the cover of uh, being the you know the criminal who's allowed to gamble on the money plane. But hey, you know what? Not- I think
1: I might have an answer for this one. Okay, is that the the, the way that um, the way that Edge the way that Jack Reese is able to get the privacy the private time to commit all the money plane crimes um, is because he asks for a room to sleep in. And maybe just an underling wouldn't have that privilege.
0: Fair enough. Okay. So to be, uh, to be able to wander around the money plane uh, freely. Okay. You know what? I'll accept it. That's, I mean,
1: if I know Andrew Lawrence and I like to think that I do, we're both named Andrew and there's a a kinship, a bond. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm going to say, yeah, that that he intended that all the time. And he knew that we as viewers were smart enough that he didn't need to spell it out for us, that we'd figure it out.
0: Well, then I apologize for not being smart enough for to get it. So,
1: hey, you're under a lot of stress, man. I get it. I, you know. It's
0: been a rough year, guys. <laughs> it has. Yeah. And,
1: I, I, you know, um, you know, we're not flying around on money planes. That's for damn sure.
0: No, not even money trains or money automobiles for that matter.
1: I did think I was on a money automobile the other day, but it was just a bus.
0: Oh, yeah. It gets confusing because yeah. people are like paying to get on the bus. So then you right. see the and cash like, oh, it's flying the money, It's the money automobile. Yeah. No, it's just yeah. a, just, just a regular bus. I've been there.
1: Uh, um, and one of my favorite sort of running gags through the whole thing is that uh, <laughs> Trey just keeps winning.
0: Yeah. Winning where also it's this like it is a good gag because I'm totally into it, too, where not only does he keep winning, they don't explain the games to him. They just make him place bets. He doesn't know what he's betting on. He's just randomly guessing and he continues to win. And they're like, wow, you are a shrewd gambler. (laughs) It's like, no, he's not. And as it goes on, it's increasingly it is like people fighting with animals. Like it's all these like wild things that they start like because once once we go to Russian roulette, like there is no more Texas Hold'em to be found. Like we're now into the, you know, is now the sports betting stage.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, Where they bet on how long a guy will last in a piranha tank.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean, I guess we skipped it, but uh, the Texan, unfortunately, his winning streak comes to an end. Um, yes. he decides to go first uh, yes, which is 8-1 yeah he's 8-1 and one, uh, which is still a good record I have to yeah, say it's yeah it's solid I mean yeah,
1: yeah there's, there's a lot of football teams that would kill to be 8-1 and one, nine games into the season for sure it's like, I mean, a good record look I'm a
0: Washington football team fan so I know like, I'm a New York Jets fan I don't know that we've had eight, <laughs> eight wins in the past six years <laughs> anyway all right so he keeps winning uh edge beats up somehow edge miscalculates how many people are going to be in the cockpit like he he only accounts for one he forgets about the (laughs) co-pilot
1: and they drive like oh right the co-pilot
0: yeah so uh but he's he's able to to take both of them down uh he gets control of the cockpit um the you know, just being the female member of the crew, uh, Isabella is forced to deal with a lot of sexual harassment and unfortunate just like, you know, it. her job is not good. I mean, it's bad. No. Like, the she's just being followed around by, you know, because these are horrible criminals. So uh, they're not good at respecting her boundaries or wishes. Um, but eventually... You know they steal the money. They uh, the the rumble falls for a classic blunder, uh, which is that Edge gets him to sing the entire score of the HMS Pentafor. Yep. Uh, and then what, never, ho- no, never, hardly ever, what,
1: never? hardly ever.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, no. He he confesses to everything on tape, which is then uh, using his his full name. Of course, uh, and that's broadcast through the plane. Edge uses that to get him back. Um, then he after it became abundantly clear that the
1: the Rumble was double crossing him.
0: Yeah, which because we haven't mentioned Thomas Jane, but he's like watching Edge's house and using Google, so he f- he pieces that together at some point. Uh, but yeah, so they both escape the plane, uh, get the Rumble uh, indicated in the crime, and then. Seems implied that he might get murdered, but they also still bother to steal his painting, which is kind of funny to me that like pretty sure he I mean, he I guess he could live, but he's full on Scarface like shootout where he is woefully outnumbered. Uh, But then we cut and fade to black. That's it. Fade to black. I got to be honest. I was sort of hoping that there was going to be a post-credit scene where we, where it was just, uh, you know, uh, just Kelsey Grammer standing over a pile of bodies going. That's why they call me the rumble. Like <laughs> <laughs> I would have even taken exactly the post-credit scene from
1: the gray where it's just like him and all the other bodies lying there. And he just kind of gets up, just starts breathing again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just anything. Like, I think we're both on the same page that, uh, as much as, like, you know, he's clearly the villain of the movie, but I did not want him to get a comeuppance. I very much wanted him to survive, uh, to set up for the the sequel.
1: I mean, yeah, we can always hope that they do Money Plane Origins, The Rumble.
0: Yeah, where we find out why he's called The Rumble. Uh, where I, I assume he steals uh, just... The- <laughs> The uh, arena, like house gate, from a Royal Rumble. Like he just robs Vince McMahon.
1: Yeah, I was thinking that he just he lasts sixty two minutes. Okay,
0: yeah, I mean sure, like it's
1: like the Rumble, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, he draws number one, and then he <laughs> lasts for
1: an, over an hour. Yeah. Um, I know. So that's the movie mm-hmm. in a nutshell. So. I think going through it, we talked about definitely some of the reasons it's maligned and definitely some of the silver linings, I think, too. Um, this is an incredibly low budget movie. Yeah. And it sh- it shows in some places, but also in other places it doesn't.
0: Um, yeah, I think that they're, you know, I think they do the best that they can. I think it works well enough that you can kind of accept it. Uh, you sort of just have to let it go that they uh, they're clearly using stock footage of the plane like taking off from a major airport and the plane that you see the exterior of is does not really match the interiors that were given and no. uh, all of those sort of things but I mean hey like I'm not seriously I know I, we're talking about them but like I don't hold that against the movie like it's it's that is what it is you know those are sort of out of your control when you're making a movie uh but yeah uh so I, I think we kind of covered you yeah, know one there's a
1: Go ahead. One yeah. of the fun Easter eggs of that is that, like, the server room is all just a bunch of DVD
0: players. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like DVD shelves that I think, uh, I think you and I saw the same thing where someone, like, saw that. I think, like, a CD case kind of can be seen at one point when they're, like, fighting in the server. And I think room. it's
1: a Bare Naked Ladies CD.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like the album Stunt by Bare Naked Ladies, the seminal classic. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, but anyway, but. I mean, it's super paid by numbers. It's silly. It's ridiculous.
0: Um, I'd say the only thing that I I feel comfortable kind of nitpicking a little bit uh, everything else with. Look, I mean, you don't really need to justify the world or anything, but like I just for a heist film, I think I wish that maybe it had been a little bit more difficult like it seemed like they it was actually pretty easy to steal the money from the money plane and i think that that was probably uh the biggest flaw you know it's like you the, yeah. you're looking for a heist and I know it's tough, like with a low budget, but you want it to be, you want it to make it seem like your crew is really smart and really competent. And, you know, it's you want as as emotionally as close as you can get to, like Tom Cruise being lowered from the ceiling in the first Mission Impossible to to beat those floor sensors, you know, or like right. the Ocean's crew. They already taped the robbery, you know, and they're, they're playing the foot like you want something like that. That's just like a pretty clever uh, way to win and it just seemed like they were just like i don't know we just beat up the pilot and co-pilot and then went in the room where the money was and downloaded it
1: <laughs> yeah um the only thing that approached a wrinkle was when the rumbles guys went to attack andrew lawrence who was setting up the download site um but then they were at, then you know they had the backup plan of thomas jane and his drone taking out all the guys that were attacking Andrew Lawrence.
0: That's the closest
1: thing to a wrinkle, but I think one other beat plot beat like that, I think would have been it, you know, some sort of getting through the security. Like there was also like, Oh, this isn't the lock I thought they had but I can figure this one out just as easily. No, like yeah, I think
0: that was like, yeah, they, they just try to tee that up and then it's just like, oh, but it's fine, <laughs> you know, like. Right, yeah. Uh, even like the whole, because again, like the the idea of Trey continuing to win was really fun, but maybe making that a wrinkle, maybe him winning actually ends up being really bad because he's getting all this attention and it's also keeping him from escaping because he's now, he's the big fish, you know, They want right. to they want to keep that guy playing.
1: And like he tries to cash out or something. He's like, no, no, I'm done. I'm going to cash out. And they go and like see the money being sold. So any, any number of wrinkles. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, those are the obvious. I mean, it's, it's on a scale of good to bad. It's a bad movie. Like if you yeah. just take that binary scale, like it's not a good movie. No. But when you add a little nuance to it, there's a lot more wiggle room. Like I had fun watching this. I'm a sucker for heist movies. For no,
0: capers. I, look. I think that's what's clear is, uh, yeah, the movie it's it's not. Yeah, if, if you're forcing me, if I was going thumbs up or thumbs down, I I probably have to go thumbs down. But yeah, like you called the movie Money Plane. You delivered on the idea of fun. Uh, and I I guess are we if we're like teetering into uh the the silver linings? I'll just say that like you did a good job with casting in terms of like giving me people. Uh, To make this enjoyable, which is uh, if you're good, we'll go ahead and I'll just say the name. Uh, But uh, Kelsey Grammer is obviously a huge silver lining of this movie. Now, he he he
1: delivers in a way that he hasn't since playing Sideshow Bob. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, like he's just a scenery chewing over the top villain Like he didn't need to act at all just for the fact that he was Darius Emmanuel Grouch, the third, a.k.a. the Rumble. That name does most of the acting for it, but not for Kelsey Grammer because he's going to bring it anyway.
0: Yeah. And it's just I mean, that scene with him and Edge that sort of establishes like their meeting scene, that's where he's giving him the job like that. That's it. That's everything you need. That's Kelsey Grammer in one scene uh making himself seem intimidating we know exactly who this guy is like he's got cigars he's by a pool like it's it's amazing i know i yeah it's sideshow bob like it's sort of a great hybrid of sideshow bob and uh you know fraser crane of like he he likes the finer things in life but he'll he'll cut you
1: oh he'll cut you um yeah and i mean i think the lawrence brothers had Andrew Lawrence not been the brains behind this, probably wouldn't have been cast. But Matthew Lawrence crushes it as the Texan.
0: No, the Texan is probably my second favorite character in the movie, like after after the Rumble, obviously. But like, no, the Texan's great. Like, oh yeah, he's awesome. Great character he's... in the the exact right amount of screen time and the exact right amount of over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Like,
1: um, if you'd played that like a, a muted like. Matthew McConaughey style Texan, where it was just like kind of low key, whatever. It's not going to be as good, but he's like a yeehaw! I'm the Texan. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, so over the top that it's wonderful. Joey Lawrence is fine. Yeah. Um, some of the other like smaller parts, uh, Al Sapienza is the bookkeeper. I thought he was really good. Yeah. Um, I, he showed up in a lot of like the Sopranos and things like that.
0: No, he was good. I also enjoyed, um, I don't have the name in front of me, but the the other flight attendant uh, was very amusing to me. Uh, I think Candy Brooks, I think she's just credited yeah. as stewardess. Uh, yeah. But just like, I don't know. She played it very funny to me where she was, you know, not a big part, but again, like the no small parts thing of just like, she just had this very like world weary <laughs> vibe to her of like, I am the flight attendant on the money plane, and this is not my first time, you know. There's literally
1: nothing in the world that can surprise me.
0: Yeah, so I thought she was super fun, uh, for sure. And, I mean, we haven't really talked about Adam Copeland, but, uh, you know, you and I are both wrestling fans. So I I think it's no surprise that, you know, I enjoyed him in this.
1: Yeah, he was, I mean, he wasn't, like, set in the world. Uh, It wasn't Roddy Piper and They Live, but he was good.
0: Yeah, I also I want to give a shout out to to specifically just Thomas Jane smoking a pipe. Yeah, <laughs> just great. Which I I think I remember reading uh, when I was just looking into stuff that I think he was just doing that that legitimately. Uh, He's he just, just a pipe smoker. He just started smoking a pipe, like I think off camera, and they were like, "Yeah, just do it on camera. It's fine." Like, <laughs> so I think that's why that's in that scene.
1: Yeah, I think like you got a sense that people were having fun
0: yeah yeah no
1: for sure you know the people like they enjoyed making the movie
0: yeah i want to visit the set for sure i want to hang out with the lawrence boys on set and uh, they seem fun they seem fun the money plane seems fun i always want to hang out with uh adam copeland for sure you know
1: i would totally hang out with edge Yeah. yeah
0: it's really funny i from what i know he lives in the same uh town as my grandmother uh, they both live in Asheville, North Carolina. And I always imagine that she has met him and doesn't know it. And that makes me happy to pretend that he's like helped her carry oh, her groceries to her car.
1: Oh, 100% he's <laughs> carried the groceries to her car. There is yeah. no doubt in my mind that that's happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, she, cause she would, I, I mean, there's zero chance my grandmother would have any clue who he is. But he's just the six and a half foot tall man who's very polite and carries her cheer yes, wine is- to the car. <laughs> this big handsome blonde Viking-looking dude that just carries. <laughs> uh, there, no,
1: there, I would be upset if that it didn't happen. To be perfectly honest,
0: yeah, I do remember reading too when I was reading stuff about this that apparently he was really excited to work with Kelsey Grammer on this movie. That uh, yeah, I think it was was it his mom. Uh, that her favorite show had actually been like Cheers and Frasier and so right
1: and and that was one of the things that he and his mom really bonded over she passed away shortly before the movie started filming so we kind of got to close that loop by doing a movie with Kelsey Grammer
0: yeah so obviously that's a big silver lining like that's that's just... a great thing
1: yeah, yeah. Like, you know um, yeah it's, it's just I mean this is it's a fun silly movie it's you know It'll eventually be streaming somewhere for free. You should watch it. Yeah, or you free. know, it's, there are worse ways to spend four bucks on a movie rental too. I mean, I'll put I, that. I'll, I'll put that out there.
0: I mean, what are any of us doing these days, really? Which is, I think, why you and I were so game to watch it. Of like, we watched yeah, the trailer I mean, and we're, yeah.
1: I mean, I, yeah. You when you showed me the trailer, I'm like, well, we have got to do heist movies the next month then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that we can do this. Yeah, it might be a silver lining that we orchestrated a month of heist movies to have an excuse to watch this movie. So
1: I will I mean, we've always said that the uh, the silver linings are the friends we made along the way. And this is an example of that. We got to do a fun month of heist movies where uh, we got some fun movies coming up. Uh, a wide range of heist movies, too. So, yeah, capers, so- crimes. What yeah, have fun you fun things coming up?
0: But no one will take Manhattan that's our promise no, no one's
1: no one will take manhattan and none of these movies are even set in manhattan
0: yeah because we respect the greats so yeah because
1: because kermit and the gang they took manhattan and yeah it, it shan't be taken
0: again <laughs> uh but yeah i think that's gonna do it for us uh so you know yeah, i think we did it undefeated still so as we always say you know martian sci-fi doesn't play in middle america it does not Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh my, and maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Good night, everybody.
1: Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one.
0: We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor?
1: I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite universes. We We have to ask. New interviews every Tuesday.
0: Find us on iTunes or online at wehaftotask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloth Network at peaksloth.com.